You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Danielle Betts and welcome to our special edition of Destination Freedom Black Radio Days, The Eclectic. Produced and hosted by Danielle Betts of No Credits Production. Interviews with difference makers, artists, authors, bold thinkers, people we love who get stuff done. June 19th is called Juneteenth. Freedom Day, we call it in Texas. It also happens to be my birthday and many others around the country. It is now a federal holiday. Oh, how did we get here? Well, many years ago, June 19, 1865, Major General Gordon Granger came to Galveston, Texas. He announced the end of legalized slavery in the state of Texas. That's just two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. And Confederate soldiers in Texas had continued to fight. They won their last battle in May of that year. But they were not happy about that. They started to ride and desert the bases left and right because they just couldn't stand the fact that they had lost the war. But they had. So that day was declared Freedom Day. From then on, uh, people were encouraged to find their own lot, get in where they fit in, we might say today. Now, they also were told that they could continue to work for those folks there in Texas. <laughs> Why would they even do that? Anyway, I always wanted to talk to other people about how they felt about this day. So this edition of The Eclectic, we're going to do just that. We speak to two individuals, as well as myself, about Juneteenth, June 19th, what that means to black people in America. So we speak with Valera Johnson, who is a retired administrative law judge, originally from San Diego, California, but now living in Portland, Oregon. She founded the Women of Color in Law in San Diego. Valera is the sister of Yvonne Jorna Levette, one of my good friends from graduate school. I'm so happy to speak with her. We also speak with Danielle Brooks, who is with the marketing department of the Denver Public Library about her birthday, June 19th. Now, when I was born, I was born at home in Texas, and they were having a party. They said, you stopped the party. I said, no, the party started when I was born. So welcome to this special edition of The Eclectic from Destination Freedom Black Radio Days. I'm your host, Donnie Betts, and here we go, Juneteenth. And I've been wanting to do a broadcast about my birthday which in some places in the United States has a federal holiday now known as Juneteenth. When I was growing up in Texas, we called it Freedom Day. But I always wanted to talk to other Juneteenth babies to see if they were first aware of the holiday, what their significance was for their birthday, 
you know, it depends on part of the country I think you grew up in, how much you knew about the holiday. So one of the people I who has volunteered to join me is a good friend's sister of mine, Miss Yvonne Joyna Levette. So Miss Valera Johnson is joining me. Mm-hmm. Valera, thank you so much for being part of this. I'm honored. I'm just honored. Now, the way I always start my interviews are the same way. So tell me your full name, your mama's name, your mama's mama's name, and where you spent your childhood. Oh, my gosh. My full name is Valera Katura Joyner Johnson. Um, my mother's name is Charlie Alberta Williams Joyner. And my mama's mama's name is Alberta Williams. Um, my childhood was spread out. Uh, I was born in uh, Nashville, Tennessee in 1950. Um, I moved from Nashville when I was in the ninth grade. Uh, my dad... Um, did a uh, fellowship in uh, infectious diseases. So we moved to Colorado for two years. And then we moved to California. Um, So I attended Catholic school through the 11th grade. Hmm. Tell me about that experience. Um, it was definitely an interesting experience. Um, because I grew up in Nashville, I was there and did not understand what was going on at the time, mm. but I was there doing the freedom rides yes. okay. and, um, I was there doing the sit-ins wow. and I remember specifically going to a counter um, and asking for a soda, and I bought a soda. I don't, I just remember how syrupy it was. I didn't have any desire to sit down and didn't think about sitting down. Um, I do remember, and it's, it's so interesting that um, my mother um, was born in Covington, Georgia, and of course we uh, would go and visit her mother from time to time. And I had two sisters that lived in Atlanta. So we would, um, I don't remember what time we would leave on the trip, but we would go from Nashville to Atlanta and we would spend the night in Atlanta. And then we would drive down to Covington. And it was only a few years ago that I learned how close Covington was to Atlanta. And um, one of the reasons that we did that was because of the potential um, racial issues that we could face if we were driving at night. Hmm. Got you. Daylight, you're a little bit safer. Nighttime, you had nighttime riders. Yeah. Wow. Interesting times. James Lawson was teaching people uh, in Nashville at the time that you were you were growing up. You know and how to sit in. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah, it is. And and I, as I hear more and more uh, from people who participated um, in the civil rights movement, um, 
it's just been an eye opener for me to hear them talk about recently I heard something I'm sure it was on um, uh, NPR and uh, some of the children people who were children at the time who participated in the Montgomery uh, boycotts um, and uh, civil rights movement were children at the time and they talked about how it worked and things like that and the reason they participated was so that their parents uh because their parents could not because of potential for losing jobs and things like that wow. so it's really interesting to hear yeah that was one of the strategies that uh that they use uh and james bevels was known for that for that strategy using children yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and they were hoping to um and it, it was so interesting uh to hear somebody who was there talk about the fact that you know, they um, made sure that they had people that would not uh, become violent as a consequence of the way they were treated. And she said that um, if you would, you thought that might happen to you, they had other jobs you could participate in. But their hope was that people would see how they were treated on television. Um, there in the community that she was in. Wow. Now, growing in the various, growing up in the various places that you that you were, uh, communities that you were involved in, it's a lot of moving around. Like you said, Catholic schools, that sort of thing. That's why I asked you, what was that experience like? So let's talk about your connection to Juneteenth. In fact, that is your birthday. Yes, it is. You were, we were sharing a little bit off mic that this was not something that you were totally aware of growing up, that this Juneteenth had a special significance for people of color, black people in particular. Tell me about when Absolutely. you first, um, first became aware of the meaning of Juneteenth. As I said, we used to call it Freedom Day, and they call it Freedom Day when it first, uh, first was established. You know, it's so interesting. I don't remember distinctly when I first became aware of it, um, but I was definitely an adult, if um, not much, much older, you know, um, because, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember knowing anything about Juneteenth. I didn't learn anything about that in any school that I went to or anything like that. Um, I did, um, I'm an, I just retired as an administrative law judge and I uh, worked a lot with young lawyers and uh, judges in the community. And I remember the Black Bar Association in San Diego began to celebrate D Juneteenth we began to have those celebrations. And I remember one of the uh, young lawyers uh, talked to me about what all that was about, but I didn't, I didn't have any uh, history in school. My parents didn't tell me anything about it, um, didn't learn anything at church. Uh, I was Catholic. Um, so I didn't learn anything about it until I was probably, I'm sure close to being a senior. When I say senior, I mean a senior citizen. Got you, got you. And so um, we were speaking with Valerie Johnson about her birthday and Juneteenth. 
and when she became aware of this uh, significance to certain people. And like I said at the top of the show, it depends on where you grew up, what your background was, your environment was, what you may not have known about Juneteenth, and it's through no fault of your own. But let's talk about that, no fault of your own. And being a judge, being in the legal system for so many years like you were, educational system, I think, this is just my opinion, it's failing a lot of people. It's failing a lot of our children, especially when it comes to teaching this type of history. And now you have people want to go back and not teach the real history. Um, your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely, I agree, because it's ridiculous uh, to um, think how old I was and not be aware of the significance of the day. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned to you uh, while we were off um, the microphone was um, that the George Floyd incident and the trial and everything around it really brought so much to my for to the forefront of my mind and caused me to have a thirst uh, for my history and um, it 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 has just been wonderful. Mm. It's just been wonderful and. Um, and, you know, when I think about how I grew up, I thought, you know, everything was great. I was around all these white people. They were nice to me. Um, I don't know if I would say they were nice to me. I know after George Floyd, I reassessed my entire existence wow. uh, where I was. Uh, my children did the same thing. All my children have five children. They're all adults. They did the same thing. Just reassess their existence. And there's such a desperate need for us to appreciate who we are. Um, and I don't truly think we can appreciate who we are without knowing our history. So, um, and, and we can't, the one thing I do, I work a lot with young lawyers and attorney, uh, I'm sorry, law students, young lawyers, and I uh, encourage people to apply for appointment to the bench and whoever they want to be. And there's such a dire um, consequence of not being able to appreciate who they are. Um, one of the, it, I, I went to Howard's Law School and one of the advantages of going there um, was being around people that looked like me. And I specifically uh, went to Howard for that reason, so I could be around people like me. But we, as Black people, have got to understand the rich history we have um, and how we got to where we are. And there's so many things that happened when we were growing up, uh, when I was growing up, that people were so embarrassed about. Um, and when I think back on it, the strength of these people that got us to where we are today is just amazing. When you say in, in, embarrassed, what can you specify? Um, yes. Um, you know, there were different sorts of things. I have to 
think it through, but, um, you know, maybe the way somebody dressed or I think about my grandmother, um, my, my father's mother in particular, um, you know, um, I just, I was just embarrassed by her. Um, and I did not really appreciate the accomplishments of people like my father who had um, done a, worked on a, um, a master's degree in microbiology at uh, the University of Chicago and did not get the degree. And I'm sure it was racist uh, or racially related. Um, it's hard for me to think about the fact that I didn't spend the time talking to my dad or mother, asking all the questions that we should have. My son did. I have a son who's a journalist and he spent a lot of time asking those questions, but there's so many questions that should have been asked of all those people. That's why I love stories. That's why I love speaking with um, elders and people who have done those amazing things. Um, University of Chicago at that time was notorious for their racist behavior and taking over the parts of city of Chicago for their own good. Uh, takes yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure it was related to, uh, racially related when it came to your dad. Um, yeah. Who I had the great pleasure of meeting. Um and he did go on to um, get his medical degree, and it was hard for him, very, very hard for him, uh, because he had his own mental health issues. And um, But um, he also did a fellowship in infectious diseases, and it's amazing, um, you know, that had he been alive when COVID started, he probably would have been one of the people they would have looked to. Yes, yes. Amazing. Well, you know, you just keep pushing on. And then, um, you know, like I said, with your son and other younger people, asking those hard questions, you know, uh, he used to set you down and talk to you and get to all your life experience. Because I know you have it's a, lot true. To share, a lot to share with your children, you know. Um, that's one of the things that I've been able to do, too. Before some of my siblings passed, I was able to just sit down and just talk to them. Said, just talk to me. Tell me about your life. What was it like? You know, because we grew up in a rural area, very small, you know. Um, so it's totally different from other folks that I that I know who maybe grew up yeah. in an urban area, you know. So everybody's experience is different and unique, but it's their experience, so it's, it has value. Let's talk a little bit now that you know about the significance of Juneteenth. How do you celebrate it now, if you celebrate it? I mean, I know you celebrate your birthday, so I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you I usually celebrate Juneteenth now. <laughs> yeah, I usually just try to get to Juneteenth events um, in the city. You know, I haven't. Uh, I go down. I I'm, as I mentioned to you, I moved to Portland, Oregon, and but I'm from San Diego, and so I'm more familiar with the activities in San Diego and uh, the Black Bar Association down there often affiliates with other um, organizations uh, in the community and has events and I try to attend those. Um, yeah, just to be around my folks. So now what are you going to share with your, your, you have grandchildren yet? I do. I have eight, 
Wow. The oldest one is uh, 14, and the youngest one is uh, 16 months. Okay, all right. So now it's time for you to start sharing Juneteenth with them. It is. Absolutely, it is. And, and I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah, we have um, family emails um, or jo- joint family email. Mm. And um, maybe I'll try to send something out this year. Beautiful. You know, that um, so that uh, the kids, many of the kids, as you might imagine, have phones, but their parents can also share with them because almost all of them read. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it has been a real pleasure speaking with you, and I can't wait till we speak again, and I can't wait to hear what you did for this past, this coming up Juneteenth. I'm looking forward to hearing what you're going to do as well. (laughs) We will talk to you soon. And thanks again for being part of uh, this Juneteenth celebration on Destination Freedom Black Radio Days, The Eclectic. Thank you. Danielle, welcome to the program. Thanks. Thank you, Donnie. I'm happy to be here. First, let's let's start like I do all my my, uh, podcasts and all my guests. I said, tell me your full name, your mama's name, your mama's mama's name, and where you spent your childhood. My name is Danielle C. Brooks. Uh, my mother's name is Diana Burrell. Her mother's name is Berlene Burrell. And we all thrived here in Denver, Colorado. My mother was born here, as was I. And i um, happy to be here still. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So let's talk about June 19th, Juneteenth, when you were born. Yes, yes. Uh, were you born in Aurora or Denver? I was technically born in Denver, St. Joseph's, like a lot of folks born here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. St. Joe's. Yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> when you were growing up, did your family talk to you about June 19th, your birthday? Yes, Absolutely. Um, Growing up, I was raised by my single mother who made sure I understood what Juneteenth was and what it meant. And I was involved throughout my childhood in performing arts and festivals and things like that, that she would make sure she involved me in the community as well so that I would see that there were positive things happening in the Black community in Denver. And at that time in the in the early 90s, mid 90s, there were tons of festivals. Um, There was a festival in Montbello. There was a festival in Denver. So we would festival hop for Juneteenth just to make (laughs) sure that we got around to everything and really celebrated fully um, what it meant to be free. I'm glad you said that because, you know, and I'm glad you said festival hopping. You know, a lot of people think of Juneteenth now as just that, just one big party, which... Sometimes it can be. Now, you said your mother made sure that you knew the significance of it, though. What exactly goes, can you share with us those conversations that you and your mom had about the significance of Juneteenth, uh, a.k.a. Freedom Day? Yes, absolutely. So um, my mother would always remind me that there was a irony about my birth. So when I was born, I had a large birthmark in the center of my forehead shaped like the continent of Africa. And 
<laughs> yes. Wow. And she would always say how ironic it was that I had this large Africa-shaped birthmark and I was born on the day that enslaved Africans in Galveston learned of their freedom. And I, you know, as a child, didn't fully understand what that meant. I can admit that as an adult. I still didn't fully grasp what freedom meant, what enslavement meant. And um, she would make sure I watched movies about Chattel slavery and 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 you know roots like most folks grew up watching and and just really tried to expose me to the ugliness of the transatlantic slave trade but also the beauty that our people found in overcoming it mm. and um she also raised me in the church so i spent a lot of my time in faith and spiritual environments where it there is a a constant thread and theme of overcoming and persevering and enduring. And that was just a repeated um, theme throughout my life. And I have her to thank for that. That's fantastic. I love your mama. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> she raised you right. Now, she did. You, also as you were coming up, what about in school? When you went to, tell me the schools you went to. Yeah, so I, growing up in Aurora, I went to um, Cart Elementary, East Middle School, Hinkley High School, Gateway High Schools, and um, nothing was ever really mentioned about Juneteenth. Um, it was something I was always telling people about, and uh, it was exciting because, you know, Black History Month, everyone knows what that is, and and. Uh, to some extent, and they, they celebrate and understand and revere that. But when it came to, you know, Juneteenth, because it always happened in the summer when school was out, I think they just kind of got away with it, you know. And um, I remember when I was maybe in the seventh grade in middle school, I had an English teacher who was willing to let me sing, uh, lift every voice to the class um, because I had just pestered her so much. And she, she, she entertained me. Um, she, she entertained my madness and allowed me to speak out and be expressive about my identity. And, and in Aurora, our schools and still to this day are some of the most diverse in the country. Um, but at that time, I, blackness was not fully embraced uh, other than pop culture. And, um, it was a really honor. I felt honored to sing. I'm not a singer, by the way. So that was an, a whole other story. But, you know, um, as a poet, it meant a lot to me to share and express that song and what it means to our community um, with my with my classmates. And I really believe still that that's something that should be talked about, not just during Black history, but Every time we talk about Independence Day, you know, as the United States um, acknowledges it in July, we skip right over Juneteenth and never talk about that. Right. And connecting those dots is so important. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. How do you still um, discuss and talk about um, Juneteenth Freedom Day with people that you encounter either at your, at your job or at your church? or in your day-to-day -day conversation with um, anyone, anyone else outside of, uh, you know, someone who'd be in academia or someone like that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's easy around, you know, foundational Black Americans because many of us descended from enslaved Africans. So we generally have an understanding, if not have a reference for what Freedom Day and Juneteenth means. So I really find enjoyment in introducing it to people who haven't heard much about it, um, even especially in my position, um, currently working at Denver Public Library in the marketing department. And since I've been there, we've had some sort of activity guide or booklet every Juneteenth. Myself and a number of other Black librarians have teamed up to make this our initiative. And even this year, it has grown. I've been there almost three years. And over the last couple of years, our engagement with Juneteenth across the system has increased. It used to just be at the quote unquote, black branches, um, you know, Pauline Robinson and Ford Warren. But now this year we have more locations participating. It's not required for all of them, but that makes it even more beautiful because those who are participating really see the value and understand the importance in the community. So whether they're offering uh, coloring books and activity guides or actual programming that discusses topics that are relevant to the community and uplifting and a celebration. Because that's the other thing that's important to me for folks to remember. We oftentimes spend so much time thinking about how bad slavery was, and that's not something we should ever forget. But we also need to understand and celebrate that that final moment of freedom had so much beauty wrapped around it and in it and through it that to ignore it is a, dis is a disservice. Um, to our ancestors because those who saw that day never thought they would. Mm. And that's just something that we'll never, we're privileged enough to never really experience for ourselves, but to just simply try and empathize with that emotion. I cannot imagine to have something you've been praying for for generations just one day happen overnight, basically feeling like it fell into your lap. You had no idea it was coming. And there it is. And that's a beautiful thing to be celebrated. That is a beautiful thing to celebrate and couldn't be put better than the way you just articulated it. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, Absolutely. Because, uh, <clears throat> you know, the uh, slave holders, the enslaved um, African holders there in Texas, uh, actually they were told that they could keep working, you know, for now for mm -hmm. money. But, of course, <laughs> the uh, owners were not going to pay anybody anything. It was worth anything, of course. you know. So uh, mm -mm. throw that hole down and you'll find your own way, some kind of way. You know, make a way right. out of nowhere, right. which has always been a, a philosophy that uh, you know, people of color have done here in this country, making a way out of no way. Absolutely. What would you tell this next generation coming up, uh, not only about Juneteenth and Freedom Day, but how can they really seek freedom because, you know, as they say, freedom is not free. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's just that, you know, freedom isn't free and we cannot take it for granted. I think it's easy in our modern United States um, experience for a lot of us who've been here and, and are English speaking and likely educated by the public school system. Everything just seems like it is what it is. And it wasn't always that way. It isn't, someone had to, our ancestors had to pave the way for us to be able to have access to the things that we have today. And it began 
really truly began for foundational blacks at the freedom day at juneteenth because from then on everything was a progressive acceleration toward freedom and we're not done right so mm. there so long as we're still facing injustices and inequities and disparities in our medical systems there's still more freedom to be gained and we can't let off of the gas right like the our generate generation after generation of our ancestors have gotten us this far and just imagine if we keep that momentum where we can be in another generation or two yes where truly everyone is indeed free beautiful couldn't send it better myself that's why you're saying it <laughs> <laughs> our guest has been danielle brooks um talking about juneteenth her birthday my birthday my twin yes uh, yes. I'm just so excited that we could have you on to talk about this uh, freedom, talk about Freedom Day, Juneteenth. Again, thank you so much, Danielle. Yes, thank you. I'm Donnie Betts, and this is The Eclectic. It's produced by Donnielle Betts and No Crunch Production LLC. You're listening to The Eclectic. The series is mixed by Maurice Smith, aka Reese. Please subscribe to our podcast at Spotify, Radio Public, iTunes, Stitchers, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook at NoCreditsProductionLLC.com, Instagram, on Twitter at Donnie Betts, or at The Eclectic, the podcast. I'm Donnie Betts. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.